Oh man, tell you, uh, when the technical issues want want to get you there, they do their best to get you there. So. be asked hopefully we get you some answers that you like and um yeah hopefully we learn a little bit from this whole invested in champions experience and like but i anybody so if you didn't hear it you just want to see did it happen all right let's see y'all it's about to be things up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! Really excited, thanks. Another episode of Fangs up here. And um, yeah, just when you know, kind of look and see how things are going. And if you are a rattler, you know, diehard rattler, faithful rattler, y'all forgive me. I'm trying to make sure we got these uh microphones doing what they're supposed to do. I can hear myself. So uh, but the old adage is always said that you uh sorry you get what you take what you pay for so um and we're able to see like fame has been able to get a lot of awards a lot of accolades in the last couple of weeks we've been able to see some really cool things uh baseball field softball field gonna be named for coach wiggins hopefully everything's going well with that um but before we kind of jump into that, because we're going to look at this invest and see what you're getting. Like, is it worth what you're paying for? That's a real question. The other piece of that is, can we kind of look at some of the other things that in there? Like, what are some of the other ways it affects athletics? Things like that. So, um, if you didn't see, AD Sykes was at 220 Club. She was talking. And so I'll give her credit, man. I like that she's continuing to fight out there, you know. Had to dispel a few myths. It's like, mm, don't seem like you're a biggest fan. Like, no, nah, I'm pretty cool with her. Like, certain times, I've had my issues. Rest of it, I'm cool with, it, actually. But um, what are we getting? What's the ROI for y'all business-minded people from what family's been able to really give and get from this investing in champions package and everything like that. Honestly, I'll argue that we should probably be getting a little more, but I'll, I'll, I'll let it stay there. What's up, Tamara? Look, appreciate it. Apologize for being late. Look, I don't know. Microphone acting funny. What's up, Demetri? Great to see you as always. But um, yeah, like that's the real question. And that's a question. Hopefully, we can. And, and just, you know, get those answers. 
and really just figure out what's going on there and what's going on with family athletics. So that's just me. I know I'm a little different. And uh, to give the mics, I got one that's acting funny and one that's acting right. So, um, but before we get into that, again, family softball, we are going to be naming the field for Coach Wiggins. Coach Veronica Wiggins, long-term soft time coach at FAMU. And uh, she's been there longer than I can remember, honestly. Like, Coach Wiggins was there when I was a kid, and she was there when I was a student. So, that, you know, I have five memories of her as a person and what she's done for the program, some of my friends, other things like that. Like, I, I definitely – I'm biased. When I started talking about Coach Wiggins, so, uh, ooh, do I know if it'll be streamed? Great question. It doesn't say so, but I would speculate that it's probably going to be on Rattlers Plus if it is. So, just you know, one of those questions that honestly, I appreciate you asking because I honestly don't know the answer, but I will speculate and say it should be on Rattlers Plus. Just saying, if it's not, you know, I'm pretty sure Josh and the crew can make that happen, and hopefully they will. Because how often are we naming fields and facilities after people, especially this person? Like, she was an amazing coach, and hopefully, and hopefully everything works out well and goes the way it's going to go for her. Because otherwise. Ah, kind of dampens the story there. You know, doesn't sound as sweet if it goes certain kind of ways. Now, the basketball team, we got a split there. The girls, they lost. So if you want to say men, women, the men won, women lost. And they're coming back. And the season's closing out soon. So... For me personally, as a fan, I like that. I, I'm good. And honestly, with the women's team, I think they're going to go further than the men's. Now, with the men, kind of is what it is right now, y'all. Like, we see that this team ain't the best as far as, you know, the season's going to finish. But they give us a little hope late, and the ladies got a chance in the tournament. It's, it's supposed to be raining Saturday. Hopefully it holds off. Demetri, look, I'm with you. Because I'm biased. Told y'all. Y'all know how I feel about Coach Wiggins. That's my girl. Um, and I I just wouldn't. I hope the weather holds off. Or if it is supposed to rain, the games get moved up at a time where you can still enjoy. And, you know, go out there, hang out, do everything, and celebrate an amazing coach, an amazing person. Like, as much as we talk about Coach Wiggins as, as a coach, she's also been an amazing human being. So, now, with the football team, look, the, the news was broken weeks ago. So, we kind of told you what was up. And uh, on the show, look, the fans told y'all Joe Henry was named office coordinator um, and assistant head coach. So, he was already the O.C., but now he's the assistant head coach. So you get those, he's wearing those two hats now. So cool. 
I got no problem with that hire, was one of the ones where I was like, hey, you can be either way with this. You either keep him as the OC or you bring in a new guy and he retains the role and they have co-OCs. I, I don't know how you have a just, – just saying. But at this point, I'm cool with, with him staying. But I also love the fact that Cozy's been honest in saying that we need to hire a quarterback coach. That's need. It's a must-have and all those other things. What's up, little baby? Good to see you. Uh, but as the Fangs Up Faithful announced, Joe Henry is your new offensive coordinator. So slash assistant head coach. And as I told y'all would probably happen, I was like, hey, defense coordinator's kind of already been hinted out there. We already know who it's supposed to be. Well, it's official. Milton Patterson is going to be that guy. Um, says he's defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. So kind of like we saw with Smitty. Smitty Rock was uh, defense coordinator slash linebackers. Patterson steps into that same role. So is he going to do both those positions as far as D.C., linebacker, but then try to still help out with the D-line? Or are you going to bring in a new defensive line coach? So, no, good question to ask. And really, inquiring minds are going to want to know. What's up, Coles? Good to see you there, Kelvin. Look, OSG Strike Zone. Man, if y'all hadn't checked them guys out, man, look, check out the show from yesterday. I ain't going to lie. I haven't got to see it yet because today's been a crazy day, and I want to watch this in entirety. So as soon as I finish, I'm going to put it up on the YouTube, on the TV, and uh, I'm going to be watching because they had a who's who on last night. So, look, they were doing the darn thing. So, but it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Cozy's kind of hitting that. Some of these other positions that are going to be up for grabs and what we got going on. So, now, as y'all know, Best in the Champions, tickets open. They're available. And so, uh, look. Demetria, she says, good show already. Look, just saying. You know, check out the OG Strike Zone. I know what you're doing. But uh, they're available, all ready to go. And again, per AD Sykes, she's already stated, they are looking to increase the numbers. So let's kind of look and see what you got this year compared to what you got last year. You know, let's see, you know. I'm going to stop the sharing of one and see if I can hold on, I don't know if I can share multiples. Let's see. Let's see. Nah, I won't let me share multiples. But we can always just look. So last year, this is your Investing in Champions uh, models that you saw. And again, I, I just pulled these offline. Like They're right there. If you want to go back and look, you easily can do that. But what all did you get last year? Um, so this is this year's, last year's, similar model. Dude, this basketball tickets. Like the basketball add-ins is always a last-minute thing. Um, and the prices, they went up a little bit. So let's see. Your green Rattler, $1,000 last year, $1,000 this year. Orange Rattler, last year, $1,500. This year, 
It ain't there. Ain't no orange rattlers. Then uh, champion rattler stayed the same. Uh, silver rattler stayed the same. Gold rattler. See platinum rattler. Legacy club and gave the society. So all the ticket prices stayed the same. You just got rid of one area. So there is no orange level this year. You only have the green level, which I'm fine with that. Because I guess that released you from having to worry about the OBC. So last year, that work. Two seats, thousand bucks. Same thing this year. So, oh, and then looks like we had a I'm just saying, a little bit of forethought here. Uh, you see early access to the MEAC SWAC game, early access to the Celebration Bowl. So I kind of like that. I'm not going to lie. A little bit, a little. Ain't going to hold you too long today. But you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get in Sunday. But uh, just kind of want to see what we're getting invested in here. All right. Let's see. This year, pretty similar. Uh, but for that 25, you still get the four north end zone passes. Get the one reserve part. Now, well, well, Florida Classic. You get, oh, that champion level. Oh, that's what they changed. Oh, nope, that was still there. So it looks like pretty much the same. Biggest difference you're seeing is the OBC is not there as an event, so not an event that you're worried about. And I'm wondering, just as a fan and somebody who's looking at this year, looking at that that uh, that year, last year, and is wondering us not being in the OBC, how does that affect the ticket prices? Like, do they stay the same because you kept some of that revenue or and this is me wondering, this isn't me having any supporting evidence, or is that just revenue that you really got to keep in your pockets? So again, some of that's just me not knowing some of the minutia of the OVC contract and how much we were getting paid and how we were paying for the tickets that were allotted here. But at the same point, like it'd be interesting to see those profit margins because you're starting to see where you still get those North end zone passes. And so the those that are kind of in the know with the North end zone, does FAMU, does the athletic department have access to that area like as far as a revenue source? Or is it just something where you, you're just kind of working with the other groups still? Just saying, like when I'm looking at these and the way our ticket packages are done, that's one of my questions. Also, you went up on the basketball season tickets in every way. Granted, it's by 25 bucks, but at the same point, not like you're really supporting that program anyway. Like, if you were really going to do them some justice, that should be a separate flyer or something. Like, because when you're looking at the Investing Champions package, you know, I've seen it looks like you just pretty much copy and pasted and deleted the Orange Blossom Classic stuff 
added me X Y challenge stuff. That's the only difference I see. I don't see a lot of any other changes. Some of that out. That's the big thing. But then when you're looking at it, we're also realizing, and I love that you know Kelvin has pointed this out on ONG Strike Zone. Football is carrying your athletic program. So if football is going to carry your athletic program, then you're going to have to find more ways to get more money out of football or get the other sports to create more revenue. Now, we saw that, and I'm going to give A.D. Sykes credit. The smart play here was raising the basketball season tickets because one of the things that she got flagged for, and it shows she listened, was raising the investing in champions ticket prices. Like, we remember that. That was one of the gripes people had when they were fussing and they were doing the vote of no confidence. Some of that was directly related to price increases. Just saying. So when we're coming back and looking now, and we're seeing that mm -hmm. no price increases on the football side, price increase on the basketball side, smart play. Nobody's going to complain about that $25, especially when that's a season we haven't seen. And it's a season that a lot of us aren't checking for. So. you really don't have basketball season to worry about right now. Like nobody's really going, but if you do want it to be something that people are watching and checking for and looking for, it's gotta be something that we do a better job of trying to monetize. And I've said this before, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole again, but it has to be something that we actually care about. Like, already just looking at that and seeing that at the very bottom in small writing season tickets are you going to make a bunch of money off it no but is it something that you need to highlight now one of the things i do like and that i actually love i love how a lot of these levels already include your classic tickets i think that's a cheap way to raise revenue that, that's just me. I could be wrong, but I think that's a cheap way to get ticket sales. Like, hey, if you get this ticket price, your Florida Classic, your that that game's already included. And already you get the classic ticket, you get the plaza lounge and parking already taken care of at that silver level. And it's for four tickets. So you're saying it's just a your friend, now, the only thing with that, oh, two parking spots, I think it's a pretty sweet deal. Like, if you got a friend and y'all got $1,500 a piece, especially if you're a couple, look, two couples, y'all put that $1,500 together, both you get a parking spot, you get the four tickets. Like, I think that's kind of the way you start selling that. And that's my next level for this. When, if and when you start advertising this event and these tickets, you got to start selling the ideas. Like, as part of this is you're selling experiences. That's what you're telling us at the um, 
meeting with the 220 Club. You actually talked about, hey, we're selling experiences. Okay, great. But if you're going to sell me experiences, part of what you have to sell me is the fact that I can experience this in groups. Start putting out literature. Start putting pictures out there of folks going out there with their friends, folks hanging out. Like, because price-wise, it looks straight. Now, the other part is it doesn't really address that hill in tailgating. Because let's be honest, tailgating could have been better last year. It's probably the worst year of tailgating we've had in a while. Like, we can be real about this or we can lie about this. I think that's something that in the future you should add to this. Add tailgating spaces and create new tailgating spaces. Yes, you're selling the experience. There should be very few grassy areas that aren't covered and taken over by a fan mewing. Just calling that what it is. Maximize your green space to monetize it. Like, and I'm not seeing that on here. And I think that's lost revenue because it's at a time where she was talking about the championship rings. And, and I loved that about AD Sykes, where people were like, hey, use these rings that we're buying to offset the cost of the rings that the players are getting. Now, how much of that is being offset? Not a lot. But she did offer the opportunity to for you to become a sponsor and different things. Contact her if you can, um, but make some contacts and you can pay for rings. That's pretty cool. But at the same point, when I'm looking at this investing in champions thing, I, I notice just as a lay person who is a fan and is a bit fanatical about his love for FAMU, that those are revenue opportunities that go missed. Like I said it before, that we need to take advantage of Perry Street. It is there. It's going to be there. You don't control a lot of that revenue. But what you can do is you can control the flow in and out of that area. And you can also create spaces in areas that are prime real estate for those who want to be there. Like, you have to do that. And look, I like this. When you're paying $3,000 for investing, you're not necessarily interested in tailgating. Are you? I'm just saying, like, because Bobby pointed out when we did the, the joint show with Vaughn and Kelvin, some of these people are traveling. Like, when I go to Tallahassee, it's a three and a half hour ride. Like, just saying, if I'm not working the games and look, <laughs> like, one of my favorite parts of tailgating is hanging out with Kelvin and Brian and some of the guys. I love it. Now, did I grow up tailgating? Not really. Is it something that now that I've done it, that I actually really enjoy? Yeah. I love it. Like, there's nothing better than getting that time. Like, getting that time with my family and friends is amazing. And I wouldn't change it for the world. And I would gracefully drive that three hours just to spend three, four hours or a day with them. 
Like, and for me, that's what family football is. I go home, I get to see cousins on my mom's side, Kelvin. I get to see cousins on my dad's side, and it's I get to see all of you. I get to watch the game. It's the experience. You got to sell that. That's got to be something that is part of the appeal to family athletics. You have to get into the habit of making this a product that you want to travel to see. Because is everybody going to tailgate? No, nah, my dad don't tailgate. But that's part of it. And I know it. I like hearing her talk about the NIL deals for students. Look, working with SBI for Alumni Network. I love it. That's something we have all suggested. Use the things on campus. I've said it here before. Fam, you should pay little to no money for agricultural products. Getting the grass cut, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess you got to pay landscaping people, but you're at agricultural university. We can't work study some of that out. I digress. But again, we're missing that money. We're missing those opportunities to raise revenue when you have green spaces that are just yellow taped off. Hey, caution, don't walk here. For what? We're going to walk there anyway. I'll go get somebody that space, charge them a couple hundred bucks and let them, let them grill and fry some fish and make some money and make some memories. Like, I'm just saying. Like, that. Let me see. I wouldn't mind tailgating, but it's, it sounds time-consuming and it's expensive. Maybe time consuming. Not always, but every once in a while. But at the same point, think about what you're going to pay for some of the stuff on Perry Street. You and again, the way you sell these packages is you tell people to buy them in groups. And hey, you can get the two tickets and one park for a thousand, or you can get four tickets, two parks. Four North End Zone passes, four tickets to the Florida Classic, two, two uh, lounge tickets. Like you start selling it, like upselling it. That's what they teach you, sales one on one. Upsell this package because I'm telling you what you're getting now. That's cool, but if you partner up with somebody else for an extra five hundred dollars a piece, y'all get all this other stuff. And you really don't have to worry about anything football season-wise except for the hotel at the Classic. Maybe a hotel in Tallahassee. I mean, a lot of y'all got cousins anyway. So I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, uh, can revenue-generating campus departments offer an deals to students? Great question. I would say this. I don't know. Let me say it like that. I think the best way, so the best way to manage that is to create an NIL collective and let whoever that revenue producing office is to funnel those funds through the NIL collective. That's 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 just me thinking off the top of my head. Like 
just trying to make sure all money is clean money and nobody thinks anything nefarious is going on. If the money is funneled through a collective and it goes directly to the students, it seems like that allows you to wash the money so that it comes out clean on the other side. Sound kind of like funny, but I'm just, you know, be honest. Like, but as far as I know, the campus is not really supposed to be too involved. And look, I'm just telling you, the family needs to adopt the FSU blueprint. I've said it before, Mike Reed, put all the goodies inside the stadium and you won't need to worry about tailgating complaining. Because <laughs> look, and the other thing that did y'all see? Like, fam, you just asked for this 15 mil to finish this, uh, really, the, the renovating the, the stadium, um, bathrooms. And why does it cost so much? Plumbing. They didn't redo the plumbing when they redid the stadium. They redid the stadium. That's the same old plumbing from when the stadium was built. So that's part of why it costs so much. They got to jackhammer up all that concrete and relay all that concrete and do all that work over again, pull up the pipes, everything else around the new edifice. And I'm just saying, would have been great to have done that when you rebuilt the stadium, but we didn't. So now you have to deal with So, yeah, kind of got that going there. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but at the same side, you know, on the same other side of that coin, kind of is what it is. Now, as far as we see what Florida State's doing, and I love that Mike pointed that out. Go, go look at what they're doing with Doke. Like, Let's just be honest about that. Like, they are building an amazing stadium. Like, they they are literally taking seats out of the stadium to improve the product. Like, I don't know if they approved it. But what I can say is we're seeing where, as Mike pointed out, they're putting everything on the inside. They don't have to worry about vendors. They don't really have to worry about Perry Street or tailgaters. So what they have is, they have what they have. Florida State is uniquely Florida State. Fam, you. But at the same point, we have to get to a point where we, again, take advantage of what we have, but we also maximize all the space we have. It's the Champions Program. I feel like we kind of do with what we already know. Hey, this works. I'm going to replicate it. But we're leaving something on the table. And that's not a harsh criticism of AD. I know I really don't do that. But what it is, it's just, it's just seeing it. Like somebody pointed out, NIL collectives, it would be nice. And look, and as to be true, there's still a lot of tailgating FSU. It's true. You have same thing. Like they tailgate all day long. They don't stop. Like, once you kick them off, you kick them off. 
they're not really worried about the competition. And at a certain point, we have to start kind of understanding like Perry Street's going to be Perry Street. But within the confines of that parking lot, every spot should be covered. The hill should be utilized. That should have never been taken away. Charge him a nominal fee per game. Find out how much it is for parking per game. And honestly, if you don't want to do the work of finding out, get a matrix. Get a matrix of some sort. And with that, create a that every parking space has a particular dollar value. And with that, you utilize that information to now determine how much a tailgating space is. Charge them a premium fee and go from there. It just seems like that's the most logical thing to do. I could be wrong, but it just seems like it makes more sense to me that you just go ahead and say, this costs this much money. I'm going to charge you this much to tailgate. And if you're going to tailgate in these areas, go for it. But it's going to cost you. And do that. Because, and I get, we went away from the selling of individual parking lots to encourage people to come into the stadium and not just tailgate. Because that's what some people are doing. They buy a booster tag, tailgate outside the stadium, and you never see them. Whereas now, if you want to tag, you want to get in the stadium, you do that. Get your tailgating level together. And if somebody just wants to tailgate, charge them a fee. If they, but if you want to have the investing champions include the hill, hey, investing champions, that's a premium space. Yeah, you got that thing you're doing over there by uh, Patty Foot, where it used to be. But for the premium primetime space, that's what you do. You put that right there on that hill. You charge them a nominal fee. And if you want to do something where, hey, it comes with tickets, it comes with parking spaces, all that other stuff, it makes life that much easier. Because what you can do is you can group those parking spaces together right in front of that tailgating space and say, these 10 parking spots, five parking spots, whatever, are with this tailgating area. And sell it like that. Okay, that comes with this space on the hill. You can paint it off. You have from this space to this space. Include the cost for portalettes. Provide places where the, where you can do electrical hookups. All of a sudden, you have something that makes a lot more sense than just saying you can't tailgate here. Like, and roping it off. Because that doesn't make you any money. Like, again... That's what you do for premium packages. That's why it's premium. I, I drive a Nissan. My car uses regular gas. I don't get anything special for that. Now, you know, my friends who drive Mercedes, my homeboy who has the G-Wagon, premium gas. You get the bonus. You got a luxury car. You need luxury gas. Like, oh, oh. What about adding club seats and or suites to brag? Look, 
I agree. I honestly feel like at this point, there's no reason we should not explore adding seats to the other side of the stadium where the 100 is. I mean, especially boxes. Like You don't think some of them band heads would pay to sit above the 100? Like, I'm just saying. Like, add to your sky boxes. Make them bigger. Like, because right now, what, how many people really sit in the boxes? How many people have access to the boxes? I mean, you literally lose almost an entire level to the press. And then the other level is just there for, you lose almost half of those for dignitaries. SGA, the president. Like, again, we got to get into this forward thinking of, yes, we're investing in champions. But if everything is resting on football, we got to act like it. We got to make sure that, like, oh, shoot, football's our, that's our bell cow. We're going to milk her for everything she's worth. One of the things I love about when you look at a picture of Tuskegee's homecoming, there's no green space. Like, every, now, how much they charge those areas? God only knows. But think about how much revenue is lost just from the ROTC building to the stadium. Where those parks are in that grassy area, you can't put people there. Like, it's just, we have to take advantage of this. We have to maximize it. And we have to have that thinking and share that thinking with our leaders. And in this case, it's 80 Sykes that we feel like revenue opportunities are being lost and they're being missed. And that if we, especially now, when football season is over and with a chance to explore those revenue opportunities around the stadium. Where can we open spaces up? Where can we open tailgating spaces up? Where can we add lighting places? Because, yeah, we understand where, where Bragg is. But when can the RVs come in? If the RVs can come in Friday night, hey, RVs are here. Include part of their RV fee, the, the, the toll or the price or the fee for either TPD or FAMUPD, all of a sudden, you're still getting premium pricing, but you're not just getting premium pricing, you're getting additional safety. And that goes, that 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 carries over. Because now as a parent, if my students stay in those dorms, right there by the stadium, that's added safety. I'm not, I'm sleeping during football season, I'm sleeping easy. Because I know at the home games, police are right there. You got this going there. And did my student really pay for it? No, the alumni did. The fans paid for it. And so it's just, you got, we have to get into that idea and that thinking of, hey, especially right there where Perry Street and the uh, parking lot is. Okay, you, you can kind of open it up a little bit. But again, as much of that space should be filled as possible. Like it should be a place where you literally you can go from tent to tent and just eat and talk and socialize. And then when it's time to run people out, hey y'all, we gotta close this beast up. But at the end of the night, you looking over there and you're saying, y'all had fun, but I got paid. That's what that's the next level thinking we need. And I think sometimes we're not getting it. 
I think sometimes we're just so used to what we have that we're like, hey, this is good as it's gonna get. And it's not. Like, I, I love, I love what Mike Reed put out here without adding seats, skyboxes, brag. Like, why is this not part of the conversation? Like, honestly, my dream for Bragg, if it was going to be a stadium that you're going to continue to use, I don't want the North End Zone Club. It's a great idea, but to put a bunch of tents up there for part of the year, what if we put a more permanent space up there, turn Bragg into a horseshoe, made that seating, and put an actual North End Zone Club there? Or better yet, made that a place that had a team store and a real team store, not just some of our boosters and alumni that are posted up under the stadium, but an area where you actually have people can buy stuff. They can buy family jerseys. They can buy tickets. They can buy other things. Like, it's okay to have the ticket office separate. That's what you want to do. But at the same point, like, I love what Tamara said. Y'all had fun. And I got paid. That should be the point. That should be the goal. We should always, as a entity, be looking to maximize our revenue opportunities to create the best fan experience possible that makes you want to come back. Because in actuality, you're chasing a high. And I got to sell it like that. You're chasing the euphoric feelings that you get when your team wins, when big plays happen, and forever, I want you chasing that high. Because as the AD, the narcotic I'm selling is sports. And the good feeling you get is winning. And if you're not winning, I'm not successfully providing you the dopamine that you need to come back. And it's just, honestly, it's just that plain and simple. Like, athletics is a drug. You're always going to chase that high of winning. She's got to sell that. And we've got to let her know you got a willing fan base. You have a willing base of customers that are cool with it. We get the game. We understand it. But at, on the other side of that is when we're looking at these investing champions packages, she did the smart thing. She didn't raise prices. Not on football. She did on basketball. She knows she ain't going to make no money off that. But on the other side, add new levels. Because, yeah, you got the Gaither Society, but none of that talks about tailgating spaces. Put a tailgating space up there. Put a freaking tailgating area thing that is just specific to people who want to tailgate. So that way, tailgater package for the whole season I don't know. I don't know the number, but something and provide, make it all inclusive. Look, look, baby. I am so, I'm so big on this. And look, uh, Demetria to convert to a close. It would, it would cost some money. Um, it would, but could you get the stadium to pay for me? Okay. To do that, you should have moved some of your administrative offices to the stadium. 
I gave you the clue. Do what Florida State did. Like, they're not the only ones who did that. But when you put those administrative offices there, that's not just a stadium. That's a building that's part of the university. So it's not like it's specific for sports. It's an administrative building. So now it's an administrative cost. We didn't do that. But right here, look, I would like a merch shop that isn't the booster or, yep, agreed. But I would also like the boosters to have a space. And some of that's my own bias. But it'd be nice when they have a space in it. Like all of our groups got to have some. And uh, you can't move through that stadium. There's no space for them. You could have done it. Um, you'd really have to, you'd almost have to build flat and vertical wise, but I think you could do it. You, you already got that North End Zone Club a little bit there, but you know, we're supposed to get a whole new stadium all together. So <laughs> that's the plan. So, but yeah, like, so we looked at the investing champions package. It's pretty much the same. You just don't have to deal with the OBC. And you got five home games, which that was something that was important to her. Um, ain't gonna lie. I'm indifferent. <laughs> I like five games, but yeah, I'm just saying. And look, I want you, JT. It's a vision. That that's and and I love what Demetri pointed out too. We barely had the money for what we got. You're right. But some of that. You also cut revenue. Like, you went from a stadium that seats 25,000 to a stadium that seats 19. Because some of those 20,000 seats are not usable. Like, you can't use some of those stadium seats at Bragg. Not currently. So, someone that's going to take that vision to, you got to expand Bragg or leave it. Like we we do know the long term plan is to build a new stadium on the other side of campus, but at the same point, you got to do something with that while you got it. You got to create some new revenue streams because you really you don't have anywhere to throw up temporary seats anymore. So when homecoming hits, you're stuck. You got nineteen thousand. That's it. 40,000 and brag. Now, were we breaking every fire code out there? Absolutely. <laughs> but at the end of the day, do we get that bread? Yes. Thank God there wasn't a fire. <laughs> Look, and I'm with Kelvin. My, my real dream for FAMU is, um, if I'm being honest, I like the P3 complex. I like the moving the stadium to the suggested area on the um, on the plan that they have there. And with that, if you can do something across the street where that shopping plaza is, because that's going to become de facto parking for those who just don't want to pay. Um, I think that would be something cool and I think it would be beneficial. And furthermore, if you can find a way to get that main post office, I'm so Tallahassee, I still call it the main post office. 
I think that would be some place where you could actually build some stuff and do some things, but you know, um, and you're not wrong. We haven't sold out besides homecoming. Um, it didn't hurt for some games, but as you mentioned for homecoming, it definitely hurts. Uh, but technically celebration bowl or swag championship was a quote unquote sellout. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. And honestly, we're past the days where you need a big stadium, like FSU's chopping off 20,000. So Famous again ahead of the curve as always. But man, I know y'all gotta go to work tomorrow. Look, we're gonna look at this weekend's uh what what this baseball team looking like and um kind of see like what other coaching moves get moved and kind of look at what we got from this two. Mixing in the crew talking about so um so for her student black techies, um, also check out Herbert's basketball space he does over there at HBCU Nightly with Liv and the crew. Um, look, we'll see y'all Sunday, 7 o'clock. And as always, let's be thanks up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it?